Welcome to This Is His Story podcast. Ministries and God's stories you need to know. I'm Todd Turner, Creative Digital Guide, and I'm going to spend episode zero telling you the genesis of the why and the how and the when I help Christian organizations transform their online world into funnels of new names and online givers. I want you to learn how this little kid from East Texas has been blessed to work with large international organizations, small nonprofits, and churches around the globe for over 25 years, and how listening to this podcast can help give executive leaders of small to mid-sized Christian organizations a leg up on managing the staff, volunteers, vendors that help you tell your passion story and fund your God-sized mission. So, you know, there's a saying, I think it's Zig Ziglar, right? He says, if you believe your product or service can fulfill a true need, it's your moral obligation to sell it. I don't know if that's really true that he said that or not, but I like the concept. You know, I have been blessed to have a very unique career, a ministry path, if you will, that has resulted in over two and a half decades of digital strategies for churches and nonprofit Christian organizations. I've gained a wealth of knowledge uh, on gaining new names and online donations, and I feel grateful for my ability to share this knowledge with others. Let me tell you a little bit about my story, how this you know, poor kid from East Texas has traveled the world, and I've rubbed elbows with famous celebrities and pastors. I've been blessed beyond measure. How this skinny little kid, not so skinny anymore, who, who I never even owned a computer until I was you know, in my 20s. I've helped people like Chuck Swindoll and so many other Christian organizations raise over probably $80 million online by now and counting. You know, I was a English major with a writing minor, a little political science minor for a while. I only had one computer science class in college and I dropped it. So my story is not that I'm this big tech savvy guy. I definitely have become that a little bit over the years, but that wasn't my path. I, you know, isn't it funny when you're telling a story? Sometimes if you're around a non-Christian, you just say the word lucky. But I definitely consider my story a, a blessed story. I worked at an electronics company in Garland, Texas, back in the mid-90s. And to this day, I'll, I'll mention his name. His name was John Holleran. And he was bleeding edge technical. He got the internet before any of the rest of us did. He really did. He saw the power of it and was trying to transform a direct mail electronics company into an internet savvy and strong company. And he took me along for the ride. He basically asked me if I wanted to run the uh, internet department. And I'm like, what's an internet department? He goes, I don't know. Let's build one. And um, I was blessed, really, with on-the-job training. I mean, there was no books out there. There was nobody that knew how to do it. And uh, I I partnered with uh, a couple of other programmers, and we won all kind of awards. Um, Like We, uh, we, and I think it was Land's End, were like the first two websites that ever had custom content. So if you came, it looked one way. If other people came, it looked another. We fired an email off. Your email was different than someone else's. I mean, all that stuff was brand new. It was it was fun to be on the front end of it. Well, then I ended up getting into search engine optimization. I started thinking, well, other people are going to learn how to code. But 
building websites are going to do any good unless somebody visits them. So I got really big into search engine manipulation uh, of figuring out how to get people to the site, which made me really get into marketing. And then on the side, I was helping churches and just taking all the stuff I knew. Well, long, long, long story short, I've made some companies and some people millionaires over the years, and I spent time trying to make myself one for years as well. And I did, you know, I did okay. I was, I bought domains and built up traffic and figured out ways to make income. But I'm just going to tell you, maybe one day we ever meet and have coffee, I'll tell you the longer story. But I had my come to Jesus moment. I sat down in front of a church. It wasn't even the church I was going to. It was the First Baptist Church of Gunner, Texas. Walked in like on a Tuesday midday, dark in the auditorium. I found my way to the front with my eyes trying to get adjusted to the dark. And they had like four or five steps on green carpet, I remember, because I had my face down right in it. And I just sort of lost it. I just said, Lord, I've tried it the world's way. I've tried it my way. You've clearly given me a unique gift and unique information. And instead of just doing it to make a buck, I'm going to give it to you. You're the one who gave it to me. I'm going to give it back. And uh, I just, I bawled, I was bawling. And I just said, I, it's yours. Just lead me where you want me to follow. Well, I'm just telling you, within that week, I get a phone call from Insight for Living out of Plano, Texas at the time. They're in Frisco now. And they were looking for a web manager, web and marketing manager. And the pay was laughable compared to what I was making. But when something like this happens, you don't question and I just said, all right, Lord, if this is from you, you'll take care of it. And I made a commitment that I was not going to serve two masters. And Insight for Living was going to be my only master. And that I was going to just let the other stuff die naturally. So I know, you know, if you don't feed something, it dies. And over the, the ride of a, the 11 years I was at Insight for Living, I got enough raises that the money became well and my money that I was making, my mailbox money from my other websites and ventures all just went away to nothing. And it balanced out perfectly. I was never in want. And it made me think Insight for Living on my commute to, on my commute away, in the shower, traveling. I lived and breathed. It's such a big organization. It had international offices. I had to learn the quote unquote, don't like this word, business of online giving. Um, I had to understand what made people give. I, I had to learn what giving was like in different cultures, different languages. I grew a lot in my knowledge. They taught me a lot. I taught them a lot. Um, we grew social media from zero followers to, you know, half a million. Um, we I think the email list when I got there was 9,000. And when I left, it was 700,000. Like we, we took it from nothing to something. Chuck and Cynthia were amazing too, because what they encouraged me to do, by the way, Chuck Swindoll's wife, Cynthia, she's the CEO, I guess, if you will, um, of Insight for Living. But they were very big encouragers to help other organizations. So not only was on a crash course of learning and teaching, but I was actually helping smaller ministries 
learn things from us. And I would, you know, I was on the board of directors at National Religious Broadcasters. And I just, I spread my knowledge. Well, one day I decided it was time to step down. I did not have another job. It's a long personal story, but after three months of prayer, I went to Chuck and Cynthia and said, it's time for me to leave. I don't even know where I'm going, but it's time for me to leave. Well, the Lord had some things that he was going to work on in my life, and he just knew that it, being an insight for living at the time I was going through that was probably not going to work for me. And so he just removed me from that situation. And a couple months later, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I had a lot of people and people I trust and people I sought out their advice. And they said, you need to do what you're doing right now. But for everybody else, you need to teach people what you have learned about online giving, new name collection, just digital strategies, but stay in the bullseye of Christian ministries because it's so unique. Um, I'll tell you right now, a lot of people who do what I do, they're probably better businessmen than me, and they help all nonprofits. But I love the bullseye of Christian nonprofits. I believe there's a big difference between how people give to kingdom work. I believe there's the X factor of the Holy Spirit leading people to give. And so I'm not, I'm a balance of best practices and trusting the Lord. We can talk about that later, but I'm just trying to give you the story here. I'm in the niche of helping small, mid-sized Christian organizations, which means parachurch ministries, nonprofits, even churches. It's really the worst business plan ever. The people who need me the most are the ones who put up the most resistance. And it's I've been there. Listen, I know I I shunned vendors when I could. You know, it's it's familiar to me. They're not very technical normally, the, the people that would hire me, and they don't know what they can trust. They don't know how to manage their employees and their vendors. You know, how would I bring in a consultant? This ministry, you know, I don't feel good about spending ministry dollars on another vendor or consultant. You know, we don't have the money right now. We just don't have the time right now. Well, as soon as we get past this event or this year in or this busy season, you know, we'll look into getting your help. But, you know, their situations are all the same. I hear the same things from each one of them. Tell me, we've been doing the same things over and over, and I just don't feel like we're doing things right. You know, we spend time and money, and I feel like we could be doing things so much better online. You know, as soon as we hire this webmaster or this new Director of marketing, we'll get our act together. Then, you know, maybe we'll bring you in. You know, we hired a webmaster a year ago. He made some changes, but I don't think he or she really knows as much about online donations as we thought. Or, you know, I'm not very technical. I don't know everything my team's doing, and these reports don't tell me a lot. You know, what I think I need to know, just just help me. Well, once, once an executive director or pastor finally decides to trust me, generally by heading to my website or finally picking up the phone and calling me, I always do the same thing. I ask to meet with the founder and the founder's not around, maybe the executive director or the pastor. To, I want to gather their God-sized story at breakfast. It's the favorite part of my job. I love seeing maybe somebody who has their, their guard up with me when they pick me up from the hotel or in the car, and then we sit down for breakfast, I start pulling from them their story, and man, it changes. I love that passion. I love watching grown, grown men cry at breakfast because they remember what it was that 
what their backstory was that drew them in to their mission or their passion. And I, I, as a matter of fact, that's part of what you're going to hear on this podcast. I'm a, I capture those stories now, and I, I let you listen to them. I, I, I love capturing people's God-side story, the why behind their passion and their mission, right? So I'm going to give you a little uh, secret sauce of what I do. I take that stories, those stories, and I just go look at their website and their social media and their emails and everything, and I just tell them where they're where they're missing it, what they can do a better job telling their story. I used to call myself a storyteller. Unfortunately, that doesn't resonate well. Like, why would I hire a storyteller? But that's what I sort of am doing is I'm taking their story and I look and see how they tell their story. And normally they're missing it by a mile. That passion I hear at breakfast, I don't see it on their website. I don't see it on their social media. You know, the little idea of Barrow had forgotten uh, Joseph. The guy who's running your web department, the volunteer that's doing the social media, the secretary that's sort of helping you with your digital strategies, they didn't come to breakfast. I don't think they know that story and that passion. And if they do, they forgot it too. So I've got the fresh eyes to come in mixed with my experience. That's how I really help people. As much as I enjoy what I do day to day, when someone hires me, I, I, the reason I'm creating this podcast is really twofold. One, I want to play some of those interviews that I get from time to time and just put them on this podcast. But the other executive directors that are listening, I really want to help you. And what I found in my industry is a lot of people help through giving you technical information. But what I found is the leaders, they don't, it's not that they need a crash course in technical, they need a crash course in knowing how to manage the technical team. That's what people aren't doing. And that's where I feel like this podcast is going to help you. My content I put on social media is going to help you. It's because it is allowing you someone to talk to you and who understands where you've been, what you think, where your trouble sparks are, and, and how to manage teams and vendors. So when you listen to this, you'll be hearing various episodes on the stories and also the frustration talking about the frustration of managing digital strategies and and helping you remember why you started and sacrificed for your organizations and then helping you grow in the ability to manage the people and to tell your stories, right? You know, as much as every organization is unique and it has its own culture, its own donor base, you're really all the same. You all make the same mistakes, you struggle in the same areas, and you have the same online needs and frustration. You know, I, I tell people all the time this. I matter of fact, it's in my webinar. It's a very over, oversimplification of the issue. But imagine if you were the coach of a football team, the fifth grade football team in your town, and somebody said, hey, I have the playbook that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl with. Do you want it? Well, do you think grabbing that playbook is going to make you win the fifth grade Super Bowl? Of course not. The plays aren't the issue. It's when do you run what plays based on the talent you have, right? You What you need is an offensive coordinator. You need somebody to come in and say, well, your quarterback can't run a flea flicker. Let's get rid of that flea flicker play. Or how can we run to the right when the right side of your line doesn't know how to block? And so what I do is I don't waste time necessarily with the tactics. You're not going to get that on this, this podcast. The tactics are just tactics. 
You can go out to the internet and find them. You can hire, you know, other people to, to give you tactics. I'm trying to let executive directors and pastors understand how to be offensive coordinators so their teams can go run the plays. I'm not digital consultant that, that sells plays. I sell offensive coordinator strategy to help you with your new names and increase online giving. The details are for the people putting their fingers on the keyboard. And that's not me. And that's not you. I help you find and plan your playbook. You know, I've been blessed, and I've noticed a few things on the way on this. You know, there's thousands of resources for plays, conferences, books, video, blogs. You can find those all day long. But there's just that giant disconnect between executives executives and the technical staff and vendors. A lot of people and organizations who need me the most can't afford me. I mean, I am expensive if you hire me outright. Of course, my clients keep hiring me over and over year after year after year. So I know I'm still moving the needle for them. So I know it works. But I'm always looking to help small organizations for free. And I do that on the side. Sometimes they're in the States. Sometimes they're abroad and overseas. At this recording, I have a you know small nonprofit in India. I'm actually talking to one this morning that I've offered my, my master class to from Poland. And then I have like a 10-year-old organization here in Texas. I'm, I'm helping, but I'm, they're, they're all in, two are, and one's going to be in my master class. And they meet with me weekly for Zoom. So let me tell you a little bit about this master class. So it's a solution for the problem I mentioned above. Remember, you know, as unique as we are, I tell the same 80 to 90% of what I know to all my clients, regardless of their size. So what I did is I just decided to record it, all of it. I literally poured in. I took probably six or eight months of my life putting in order what people need to hear to move the needle at their organizations. And I teach organizations to find and plan their playbook with this masterclass. And then what I realized is that that won't get everybody all the way. And so when you buy my masterclass, I literally give you the ability to Zoom in with me. I do a community Zoom meeting so you can learn from other people. They can learn from you. And I try to help you get that extra 10%. You know, hey, we're working on lesson three. Let me tell you a little bit about our, our uniqueness and can you help me through it? So we do a Zoom meeting. So you pay for an eight-lesson masterclass, and then you get the ability to meet with me once a week to help you through the rest of it. So what you know, what is this masterclass I'm talking about have to do with this podcast? Well, everything. You know, my passion to help those in ministry with the most need. Not everybody can afford to hire me full time. Not everybody will invest in every the low cost masterclass I have. But, you know, many of you are going to join my Facebook group and this podcast, and you're going to find a community of people who can relate, walk in the same shoes, and we're going to encourage one another along as we work to fund our God-sized mission. You know, I'm excited to blend content and encouragement and teach, you know, how to look at your role as the boss of your organization's digital strategy and fundraising. So, you know, if you would, subscribe to this podcast. Follow me on social media. You can actually go to creativedigitalguide.com slash Facebook. And that'll, it's an easy way into the Facebook group. I'm only allowing executives of Christian organizations and churches 
no vendors, no high pressure sales on gimmicks. It's a closed Facebook group. I have a soft spot in my heart for executive directors and pastors, and I want to help lessen the load of managing digital oversight and give you more confidence. And, you know, by those who are most likely more technical to you. So I want you to join in the social media, join in this podcast. If you're interested in the masterclass, great. There's plenty of information that on my website, but this is not a sales job. Like I honestly want to talk to executive directors and pastors about digital in ways that I'm not seeing anybody else do it. It falls directly in line with how I teach what my passion is. And I just think this is going to be a blast. Thank you for listening. And um, yeah, we'll check you out on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow on TikTok or Instagram for daily stories Christians need to know. Wanting to increase the reach of your ministry or your church's ability to make disciples? Come to my website for free resources and webinars built exclusively for Christian nonprofits and churches. CreativeDigitalGuide.com helps executive directors and pastors learn how to gain ministry partners to do God-sized missions.